This is the show Procrastination Pals. We talk about who's what, when's, why's and how's. Two best friends with solid gold hearts. We record our thoughts, observations and farts. I'll get around to the backing track later. Procrastination Pals. This is Procrastination Pals. For what you're doing when you should be doing something else. Uh, I am the grand architect of Procrastination. That's a nice one. And you are... Josh. Again, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how was your week in procrastination? Good. Got a, got a lot of good procrastinating done. Um, I, I have realized, I think, when I'm... Uh, moments of being bored at home where I could definitely be doing something worthwhile. I, I've started... Well, I haven't started. It's been sort of one forever. Procrastinating. I've been doing this for a long time. Um, but eating or even just entertaining the idea of eating... Yeah. Like going to the fridge, having a peek, sort of going, oh, nothing there. Close it or maybe get out like a slice of cheese. Like they just cut off a little bit of tasty, nibble on that. And then 15 minutes later, head back, expecting there to be something else in the fridge where there certainly isn't. But it's definitely been one where either eating for just out of boredom um, is one I think I do quite a bit, actually. Yeah, I'm... Not so much anymore, but I'm definitely a snacker. Like barbecue mm. shapes, maybe some cashews, mm. uh, a craft single. Cashew king of the nut world. Yeah, that that is the best nut. It's the superior nut. Uh, this is a little off topic, but you know how hard it is to like farm cashews when they come off a like a fruit. So they're just like the they're almost like the tiny little butthole poop of uh, a f- cashew fruit. Interesting way to put it, but yeah. Yep. And then they're covered in like a shell that is toxic. So to like de-shell them, they have to, you have to wear like gloves and... Seriously? Yeah, masks. And so no wonder they're so expensive. I, I'm surprised they're not more expensive, to be honest. <laughs> I was going to say it sounds like too much work, but they are delicious. They are delicious, yeah. Um, yeah, and this week in procrastination for me, I, I just don't even have anything. I procrastinated, procrastinated so much. I'm just like, eh, I just didn't really get much done. Sitting around staring at a wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually a little bit. I, d- I did wake up and like looked at my phone for about half an hour and then I just like put the phone on the bed. I was just staring at the ceiling for... Just waking up. 15 minutes, I guess. I don't know. Just that cut, was, that was one aspect of my procrastination. And then just playing video games as as per as the As usual. Yeah. Um, What's yeah, on so, this week, Dan? So this week we're talking about personal finance and how we procrastinate getting to our goals. Cash. Yeah. Money. And I know a lot of the time... Clams. Other things. Dosh. Dosh. Dosh is a good one. Dosh. I think it's a very Australian one. Got any dosh? Or for change? Shrapnel? Some change? Some poo change? Bling? But I guess that's more like... Bling. No. Nah. That doesn't work yet. Right. No, we got to the end of it. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, how much money do you have in your bank? Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, my account number is... Yeah. My PIN code... Um, not a shitload, dude. I'll be completely honest. Um, sort of coming out just before uh, the COVID pandemic happened. I'd been saving uh, to go to Japan. Uh, had bought the tickets. So look, before purchasing the tickets, I'd probably saved up about four grand. And then after, and this is saving with my with my partner at the same time. You don't have to like. Tell specifics if you don't want to. I was just no, no, no. But but I'm just saying, like yeah, this is yeah, okay. the last thing I was saving for, and this okay. is sort of the, the amount of money I'd been able to accumulate to put towards that goal. Um, but then, yeah, look, it's sort of mine. Definitely, 
ebbs and flows. I've never had a really consistent savings stream. Um, and I think the times uh, when I've sort of gotten to my best points of it have, have always been around with um, act, like with acting stuff particularly. An ad comes through. Like I've, I did an ad a couple of years back where um, it's a year-long contract. Um, it'll it'll pay out around the ten grand mark, or it, it's six to ten grand is generally sort of after tax where it sits um, in one payment every year. Uh, for the contract of another year. So that has always been my base. For the last three years, that's been one where I've gone like, right, that money goes straight into here and that's it's been a guaranteed six to ten grand every of savings. year. Yeah, and I've looked do you, at Do you just stick into all savings? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I, I do, look, I probably spend about 40% of it, to be honest, but the rest of it goes into savings. Well, that's a good saving percentage. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a total cop-out on my behalf. Because it's look, I, I try and rationalize it by saying with the acting thing, there's so many no's. I've given up a lot of opportunities to try and stick with it, and it's, uh, you know, it's not the most uh, financially viable venture to try try and become an actor. You, you miss out on a lot of shit, um, and so when I do get a job like that, that pays out. I'm like, okay, well, that's sort of for the all jobs I've lost or effort I've put into or paying for headshots or do it, da, 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 da. That's been an investment so I can rationalize having this payment come and not feel too guilty. Although I do, because it is a bit of a cop-out just to get that amount of money for a 15-hour day I did three years ago is... Wonderful. Yeah, it's a fucking, it's good. I'm not going to lie, it's good. But uh, I, I do it's feel... Guilty I, money. I feel a little bit of shame when I tell people how much I get paid from that. Yeah. But if that's like, like if you only get that once every six months, like it's once um, a year, once, but I mean like if you get an ad once oh, every sure, six sure. months yeah. or, you know, so. you get some work every, once every six months, you know, it's, uh, yeah. it's still like, you got to live frugally if that's the case. Totally. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, what, what was your financial, uh, education? Like, did your parents t- teach you a lot about money? No, very little. Um, and I, I think like. Financial intelligence is a generational thing because there's not much. I mean, look, they they sort of skirt over it in high school through math. Like a lot of that sometimes is centered around um, world applicable finance and 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 math. Um, but other than that, like my family, we've never really had a lot of cash. Like we weren't poor by any means, but um, certainly middle class. Um, to, to even to the point where my um, mum was a nurse for a long time working with, uh, what is now Urella. Um, and my dad was working at a bank. And Urella is, uh, a institution for people with disabilities, disabilities, physical, mental learning, all of it. So, um, and at that time, mum had three kids under six and was sort of doing a nurse's wage. And we would even have, at times, um, one of her clients live in, and that would be someone fully quadriplegic or um, non-communicational. So she basically had an extra kid. And then by the time she was pregnant with my youngest brother, it was like four kids under nine plus someone with a full-on disability that she had to care for. And my dad was like, right, fuck it, i got to get it. A different job like we got, we got to change this up because it's just far too expensive and far too difficult understandably for um sort of young parents um so he then 
just looked at the guarantee of money within the police force. You know, you get get into the academy, do ten months, get the job, have uh, you know a few perks through insurance or healthcare and things like that. And um, time off and and time off and, and and just guaranteed. You know, you you you're gonna have the job. So he did that, and then mum eventually made her way up. I mean, obviously, she's a fucking workhorse, worked her ass off, and has gotten now to a point of um, being regional manager for that same company. Um, so she's a lot better off financially now. Well, they both are far better off than we they were when we were growing up. Um, almost like kids are a drain on your finance. Almost like that, isn't it? Yeah, that's why no kitties for me right Leeches now. in one sense in that they're leeching off their host before they're born. Yeah, and, and then literally they just keep sucking on you, don't they? Yeah. Through the umbilical cord, then the tit, then the wallet. Yeah. Those Never ends. Pesky kids. Pesky little pricks. <laughs> um, so yeah, look, and we were lo- like lifelong renters. We never, parents never owned or had the money to invest in a house. So um, my understanding of money was very limited. And, you know, again, both working very hard with four kids, it wasn't really something that we had the energy to sort of go through at home and for them to sort of be like, oh, how do we teach you about money when we don't really have any? Um, so, so sort of paycheck to paycheck. And I think that's definitely affected my ability to save and um, my understanding of the value of money in itself. Yeah. Um, like uh, I, I feel like I had a similar upbringing in regards to money. Um, although, so my mum... My parents aren't the greatest with money. Like they bought a house. Like they're they're mm-hmm. fine with money. Like they're yeah, they they can su- support a family and um you know they both work and uh, and nothing but, to be sniffed at you know yeah but I think uh, my mum was like she said just save money like she didn't give me mm-hmm. any other rule than just save money which like can mean save a dollar or save your entire paycheck yeah and my dad didn't care just as long as there was food on the table for his family yep. and he had enough left over for a uh, beer and some cigarettes. Stout, ciggies and yeah. the couch. That's that's what he that's what he And a, a Foxtel subscription for the History Channel. That's it. Although the History Channel isn't so much about history anymore and he kind of is... Got off it. Actually, I don't even know. He must be upset about it because, uh, yeah. I th- He just likes watching reruns of Blackadder and stuff like that. There you go. Well, Netflix has got him sorted. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my parents never really cared about money. My they bought their home owners, so they bought a house when I think before I was born, maybe ten months to a year before I was born. Which helps. Yeah. So and it was a cheap place where there wasn't a lot of growth in the market. When they sold it ten years later, they only made twenty thousand dollars or something like that. Not a huge amount for mm. compared to like their brothers and sisters who were buying property and it was like going up, like yeah. the historic rise in property prices in Australia. Mm-hmm. And they were kind of missed out on that and also they're not very, they they just want security they don't want to be um too risky with the money they also had three kids yeah um you know under five under six um so they were looking out for us but yeah my dad didn't care and i guess i got to like would have been 25 i think a m- mutual friend of ours jake he mm-hmm. told me about the barefoot investor and which the guy is, can't even afford shoes why yeah. are you taking financial advice off him very popular joke i've heard that Thank many you very times much. yeah <laughs> and, i don't mind recycling yeah um another cost saving tip <laughs> <laughs> upcycle uh, yeah uh, and jake told me about the barefoot investor and how 
uh, it's like just a good roadmap for how to save money. And at that time, I'd been saving money, but just like my mum said, just save money. So I just saved whatever I'd had left over. And if you're not, if you don't have a goal, whatever you have left over is always pitiful. So yeah. I'd been saving for about a year and had a few thousand dollars, maybe like 2000, maybe less than that, maybe yeah. like $1,500, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things is not a lot, mm-hmm. but for some people it might be, I'm not, yeah. you know, but for me, I, I had the capacity to save more than that. Sure. So I read the Barefoot Investor and like, it's basically just groundwork for, and I could see it was written for a large percentage of people who had zero yeah. uh, financial literacy. So it's just like a very simple save 20% of what you earn and that's your like life savings. That's for emergencies mm-hmm. and proper saving. And then there's like 10% for things that you want. So if you want a new car, you have to save up with your pay yeah. with the 10% or you want to go on holidays and then like 60% of your wage goes to... Uh, your bills, rent, food, mm-hmm. uh, and then another ten percent for like fun for like buying beers or cigarettes. Yeah, uh, which is yeah where my dad comes in. I guess he was yeah, he sure. was always about that ten percent, not so yeah. much about the twenty yeah, percent for yeah. savings or. And you got to get the things you like. So I read that and I was like, you know, this makes a lot of sense. So I started following that and saving twenty percent of my pay religiously. Yep. And then I've read other books like Rich Dad Poor Dad, which is another famous financial book. Mm-hmm. Turns out the... I haven't heard about that one, nor do I have a joke. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, I'll, 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 I'll work on it. Yeah. But ba- basically the... the I sto- hope it was written by the rich dad. Uh, no, it was written by a guy who says he had two dads. So he's, his biological dad was... Progressive. Poor, ...was his poor dad. And his... Uh, upgraded. <laughs> his upgraded dad. dad. the rich dad. Yeah, was the rich guy, which was a friend, his friend's dad who owned businesses and was very wealthy but worked right. hard. And it's come out that that story is kind of a bit bullshit. Sure. Um, and that guy, I think his name's Robert uh, Kurosaki. I might be getting that wrong. Mm-hmm. But he like has a university that kind of turned out to be a bit of a scam. and um, Rich dad, scammer dad. Yeah. So he made a lot of money and like c- couldn't really pass it on and... Um, or pass on his knowledge properly or you yeah. know, bit shady business tactics and stuff. But the book itself was worthwhile? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like I took some... See, with, with these financial things, I'm just picking and choosing what works for me in this situation. So he, t- he talks about paying yourself first. So if you've got money coming in and you want to save that 20%, you pay that 20%. And then if you've got bills... And you don't have the money. Well, you work towards getting that money because if you, you've got an obligation to pay it, you yep. work harder to pay off your debts, but you've always paid yourself first. So that's yep. a good way to save money. So that's the kind of thing I do. Um, and like I, I take all these things. I, I read a blog called uh, The Money Wizard, who's a guy in like Minnesota or something in the US. And he's uh, he doesn't say his name or anything, but he works in finance in Minnesota. Cool. And he, I mean, not cool, but yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, good, good life, man. Um, and he shares his life and his financial goals. So he wants to reach a million dollars by the time he's 36 and retire. Crazy. Um, and he's up to something like 330,000 uh, net worth. So in Australia, we're very privileged to have the superannuation scheme. Yep. So it, he like invests in 401k or the um, American equivalent. And Basically, like, yeah, there's there's the FIRE movement, which is the financial independence retire early, which this guy's a part of, obviously. Yep. And, like, that is too extreme for me. Like, the... Living off cans of beans and... Yeah, but saving everything you're making and... Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I, I like going out for dinner too much for yeah. that to be a, a thing. So and, like, I, and I'm of the mind of, yes, so for the future, but I also, you know, I think that mentality, the fire mentality being, I'm going to retire early and I'm going to live fucking my life. I was like, yeah, but I, like, I'm going to live now as well. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to just yeah. put it off for the future. And also imagine if I was doing that, living that life, saving everything I fucking had and, and then, then died. died. Mm. It's like, come on, you got, you, you got to do it for today. All for nothing. Yeah. It's like, you've got to balance how much you can live today with how much you want to be secure tomorrow, totally. I guess is the, the idea. But yeah, we're uh, like, I'm saving for a house with my partner at the moment. Um, congratulations. And I've even, well, I don't have the house yet. I've just No, 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 but it's, it's you know, congratulations it, on the goal. Yeah. Um, I'm proud of so you. So that's, yeah. And that's what I'm saving towards. So even in these tough times, like I'm still saving towards it. I'm on mm-hmm. the job, uh, job keeper and not earning as much as I was, but I'm still managing to save something mm-hmm. for that goal. And I think that th- it, that's the most important thing, like is just saving a consistent amount of money to like for a goal. If you yeah. don't have a goal, what's like, what are you saving money for? Sure. Um, so I think, yeah, that's an important thing. Like, w- w- do you, are you trying to save for a house or do you want a house in the future? No, um, I'm not saving for a house. Uh, hence my congratulations to you. Uh, but sort of at the moment, look, and really right now it's the instability and I'm not blaming entirely on, you know, sort of pandemic situation and, I'm relying on government assistance through JobKeeper as well. And look, there is money there to be saved. Um, But then for me, particularly within the hospitality industry, the guarantee of actually being able to return to work once um, that stimulus package runs out isn't guaranteed. There's a a few things. And look, and that's me then looking at the possible career change, um, possibly even going back to school or just trying to figure out what next to find that financial security and then being like, look, I, I can save for little things and um, still planning on going to Japan once that is feasible again because um, we've still got the flight credit from Qantas and all that kind of thing. So uh, I do, do sort of short-term saving goals at the moment though. Um, a lot of those just being um, sort of more uh, everyday function stuff like to be able to like got this new laptop recently that was th- that was like a short term goal um next is looking at getting some uh like a really decent record player um and turntables and just some software um screenwriting software like small things like that where it's like look like instead of um impulse buying just yeah, clothes, whatever. And but that sounds like a a little bit of the, like another thing in Rich Dad Poor Dad they talk about is uh, asset versus liability. Mm-hmm. So if you own a home but you've got renters in it, that's an asset because it's a money making yep. asset. But if you've got a home and you're paying for it and you're living in it, it's a liability because you can lose that just from there's no money generated yep. from that. And um, that's it. But that sounds like what you're doing with your money is buying assets not necessarily just liabilities or stuff like you're buying sure. turntables because you want to dj and um you're buying like screenwriting software because yeah. you want to write and so this sounds more like investments in in myself in potential money making yeah ventures and I, and I do think the the screenwriting one's probably not as beneficial financially for, for a long time and almost to the fact that they even make a film would cost me far more than it would make me. Um, but the DJing stuff is just like, again, if you could just like 
But also great hobbies as well, not and passion projects. Uh, no, of course. And then, but the DJ one, you could get cash in hand jobs. Like you're going to get paid, what is it, like $60, $70 an hour? Yeah. Just on a night out, go out, do a couple of hours, and that's just cash savings, tax free, slightly illegal. I won't say that. <laughs> not technically ca- tax free. No, no, but uh, you know what I mean. But, yep. Um, so look, and I am trying to think of, be more aware. Of that kind of a thing, because again, my I, I I need to do a lot more study to to consider myself capable, a capable saver. Yeah, and I I don't even think it's like you do as much study as you want, but mm. just as long as you have a a simplified system, and I think that's what the barefoot investor was talking about. It's just like very easy to understand rules that you can follow, and then yeah, and I, and I think it's 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 strange like being on the precipice of taking that on, it is very daunting for someone who hasn't had money. And I think it's, this is what keeps a lot, of, a lot of people down, is that we have the resources to be able to study up and figure it out and, and, and understand the, the simplicity of, of it, which I'm sure some, some components are very simple. It's just like, look, this is just do this, do that, you'll be able to save. Um, but for some reason, and I do think this is just like a learned anxiety around money um, or being nervous to be like, oh shit, because I haven't been able to and because I come from a, a family that haven't, hadn't really been able to save, um, it's almost like in some part of myself, and it is a sub- subconscious thing, where I feel that, oh, you're just not going to be able to do it. But then again, those those little things where you're like, as soon as you just do it, it's a lot easier. And you're like, why the fuck was I so worried about that? Um, but I think it's definitely on on that kind of platform for me. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So, what do you think? Um, oh, two points I want to bring up, and this is not so much personal anymore. This is just like a wider mm-hmm. economy. Um, so, what do you think about people who... Uh, fuck, what was I going to say here? There's two points I wanted to bring up. Basically, what time is it? 22.06, okay. I'm going to have to remember this because I'm going to cut this shit out. Yeah, that's right. Ah, oh, fuck. It was just in my head. Uh, okay. So, one of the points I want to bring up as well is the like average and median income. So, mm-hmm. average income and medium income are different just because there's such a skew in wealth creation like with people who earn a high amount of money. Okay. But like, let's say uh, like the median income being like $65,000 or something. Sure. I think that is responsible for the like that that number is what people have decided because that's like what most people earn right Mm -hmm. have decided is the acceptable amount of money to live a happy and successful life okay if that's the average amount of well you know the the most common amount of money that people earn right Mm -hmm. that's got to be what people have decided is the mo- the money that you work for that you don't have to work to the bone you don't have to yeah um, break your back for it but it allows you to have a comfortable life with a family and kids do do, do you think that's a a personal decision though and, and and because those wages certainly aren't set by us you know like look we we have hopefully some powers in the union and and to be able to fight for for um what we think we deserve or what is an acceptable number 
to be paid, but those numbers are still very much set by higher up, higher up for sure. And, and also it's like not only that, but then price of groceries, fuel, like like necessities is also set by those with a lot more money. So it's like if you can make the masses happy with that amount and also make it that they can live off that through, again, all necessities sort of fit within that and you keep them happy in it and they don't feel the drive or the desire for more. I mean, we all do, but but not not seriously. They can sort of um, negate that by saying like, oh, well, we're getting past and we're able to save and, you know, we can live a comfortable life. Um, sort of quells that um, that drive to, to, to become, well, to, to get more or feel that you deserve more. Yeah. I, th- I just think largely people aren't as greedy as people may think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Totally. What, like, what, I I'm, don't think that comes into conflict with what I was just saying. It's just no. that people uh, are happy to work as much. Like people enjoy the satisfaction of working a hard day, but they don't want to do it all the time. They just yeah. want to be able to, you know, maybe be good at something uh, like accounting or, you know, painting or something, mm. something that brings them an income. And then they don't want to bust their ass their entire life, so they do yep. it to an acceptable standard. Uh, they have a family, they and they can support a family. Obviously, we're talking about an individual, but generally, uh, a family is two people with um, two due, similar incomes. Two similar incomes. So that's like what I'm talking about when I'm saying like, if this ever gets a Facebook page or something, don't or a Twitter page, don't at me about it. That's <laughs> basically what I'm covering my ass saying. Yeah. Um, but and I do think that that. Like, uh, just, just only because it came to mind when you brought up, um, you know, the, the, the two on income home, um, the, 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 the sort of monetary decision for marriage was like, I would imagine like a, a much, much larger in our grandparents day and age, um, purely for the fact that it's like when marriage at that point was like, right, sometimes out of convenience, you don't, you know, didn't necessarily have to be like, you know, love at first sight, whatever. It's like, oh, we can join forces here, look after one another, raise a family, and with our combined money, can move towards goals and make make our lives a lot easier, rather than just being an eligible bachelor who then has half of the money. You know? I've I've read in the last uh, fifty to seventy years, something like that, mm-hmm. that women were surveyed and they were asked how important love was in marriage, and 70 years ago, it was not given a very high rating. Like yeah. Security, safety, um, being able to be supported mm-hmm. were much more important. And now that um, women aren't dependent on marriage anymore for a comfortable life, um, that love has risen the ranks. Yeah. And I think that's like, this is another discussion about, you know, marriage and... Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. I've just scared over it. Yeah, but. yeah. But that's that's basically what I'm saying. And then... Also, I think in this current time with the coronavirus and economic downturn and, and such, and they're saying that we're very close to a depression equal to that of the Great Depression in the 20s, I think we're going to see a lot of changes societally with how we spend our money. Because uh, have you ever heard of like people who, The Millionaire Next Door, another book about saving money or the wealth, the millionaires in that you know are actually just people who are in your life. I bought a house and they live frugally, but they're always able to save money and they and so they end up dying with millions of dollars, but yep. you know, they lived a very comfortable, safe life. Um, 
And I don't think we have a lot of that anymore. I think we have a lot of living on the edge of paycheck to paycheck or mm-hmm. uh, beyond our means. Like um, you hear stories about people who are earning six figures, seven figures, but they're in debt up to their eyeballs because they've bought a house outside their means and they've got four cars. So it's like they're still living paycheck to paycheck, yeah. but they're just earning a ridiculous amount of money as well. And I think we're going to see a society-wide change where we go back to like post-depression Mm-hmm. Where people are like, well, I couldn't afford food for my family. For a second, in that there. time, we were eating the leather from our boots. Yeah. Um. So saving money is priority. Yeah. Um. So I, th- I don't think it would be that severe, but I feel like, as a side, we're going to be able, we're going to. I think for a lot of people, largely save more money. Yeah, as, and, as and I think that will be people with money because I think a lot of business owners who are now unable to make and are in a lot of debt. It was like when, um, sort of. Again, not, we're going to bang on about it, but it's happening. Um, but as COVID came through, um, you know, I lost my job, um, as did, you know, so many people. But then it was kind of, it was less of a hit for me because, I, again, I, I was lucky enough to get caught that I had some savings um, from saving for Japan and then also had my um, – uh, my my some leave as well that I could claim and sort of get that paid out weekly, and that combined with my savings got me to the point of getting the job keeper. I think I had one week where I was without income, luckily. Um, but for the the owners again who have several businesses, restaurants, bars, and had a lot of money sunk into it, they got fucking hit hard, and are now I'd heard considering. Uh, selling the businesses, some of them may not reopen to what they were. I'm still very unsure when it's going to come back. But having those millions of dollars invested, and that again, it's probably that high risk, and at the point where nobody could see this coming, but this would definitely be a shake-up for them to have to go back to the corners, and be like, "Oh shit, I remember what it's like to have no money," um, and then have to come out and be like, "Okay, how do we change ourselves and our?" Um, investments and our spending habits into ensuring if something like this was to happen again, which it could, that we are ready and prepared and can look after ourselves and be independent from the government or, or needing anything else. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's weird what I think, yeah, what you're saying is that like it, things are just changing and we're going to see just um, changes at a personal level with personal finance where people are they're going to be more uh, safe with their business decisions I'm more and things aware, like that. I yeah. Think. And I th- yeah, I, th- I just think overall, we're just going to see more people saving money and less investment. And this kind of um, brings like, comes with the depression and stuff like that. And I do think like the risk reward balance is now skewed to risk. Yeah. Yeah. For, for most investors. For a, lot of, for a lot of things. Yeah. Well, this is a sour note to end the show on but yeah money sucks yeah uh hopefully this wasn't too boring because i know people find finance generally boring oh no, and, sure. and until i was 25 and started actually looking to i found it incredibly boring like put me to yeah. sleep boring but now i now i love it i get jazzed up thinking about oh, getting jazzed up about <laughs> your savings I'm, I'm thinking about saving some money but yeah yeah well. hopefully hopefully it was interesting to listen to because uh 
two charismatic t- fellas like us. Come on, that was okay. <laughs> Talking about finance. Talking about money. I don't even know anything about it, baby. Well, I'm, I'm a bit hot under the collar after this one, actually. Oh, yeah, nice. riled up. Saving money. All right. All right. Uh, I'll go knock one out in the bathroom. <laughs> I'm, I'm Dan. I'm Josh. And this has been Procrastination Powers. Bye.